Yeah, this week's Torah portion is one of my favorites. There's a lot of meat here. And when we got ready to start our, the congregation, this scripture actually deals with a lot of how we do what we do. And it was with the message from Jethro to Moses. And he was basically saying, you can't do everything, right? Delegate. Give people authority. Let them do it. Let them grow. Because how do you get so... If, if you're in the... If, if, I'm in the room right now, and the President of the United States walked in. Who, where would the focus be? On the President, right? And that's not how it's supposed to be, right? So when you equip people, you've got to prepare them. So what we do, and one of our things with our ministry is, you know, a lot of times if someone comes up and says, Rabbi, I have this great idea the Lord put on my heart. Right? And 99% of the time, unless the Lord tells me otherwise... My responsibility is great. And they're like, great, who do you get to, to lead it up? And I guess what my answer is? You. And they go, no, 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 the Lord just gave it to me. Right, the Lord gave it to you, the vision, to do it, right? So you're to lead it. And so what we do with our ministry, Rosh Kodesh, that is Rabbi Renee's thing, right? If I'm sitting in the background, who is everyone focusing on? Me, not him, right? If we do a corporate prayer, we have great corporate prayer. If you're not there, you need to go to it. And we equip our leaders to do the job. Because, you know what, if I had to do everything, I'd be gone. Right? And that's not what... And, and Jethro realized that as you give the people the authority to do what they do. We have great teachers here in the congregation, in the in our classes in the afternoon. I don't go, I, I give them I, the materials, and it's like, great, go do it. I don't look over their shoulder, because I have the trust in them that they're going to do what God has put on their heart to do, and it's going to, and everything lines up. And so that's why we developed that. So that's why you don't see Judy and I at every little event here, is because we want to develop the body because that's where our leaders are, and we bring people in, and it's a great way of, of doing it. And, uh, you know, and so that's, that's really where we got this vision from, is we realized that if we tried to do everything, A, we wouldn't have a life. And you know what? I have a loving daughter, and we'd love to spend time with her. And you know what? It's God, the family, right? Then the congregation. Work comes way down here. Taxes even lower, right? But that's what our vision is, to, to equip and develop the body because leadership is not just one, it's multiple. And we develop and we bring them together. And we've been really blessed. And you, usually when we have a commitment, we tell people, this is not a one-year-and-you're-done job. If God's called you to do it, he's going to bring you. And you know what? When the next person comes along, it's going to take it to the next level. That's what it's there for. You know, when we started the congregation down in Macon, I knew I wasn't going to be the rabbi there the whole time. And I told the leadership that. And when the Lord put on my heart, it's ready for you the time to go, we went, we found the next person, we, we turned it over. Do you know what? I never talked to him about that congregation again. It's his congregation. It's done great down in Macon. They got their own building. It's a great congregation. We actually helped start another congregation down in Macon, and they have their own building too. So when you, you know, God equips, he calls, 
and he develops. And so that's why we do what we do here. And this week's Torah portion is just, there's so much meat in it. But if you'll, you'll notice on the internet, when, we, when you see the title, I have titled this something very interesting. Let me see if I can pull it up again. That was a joke. So why, I, I really, this, this tour, I'm going to give you, because we went through several renditions of it. Um, here's what I initially called it. So do you believe God or Andy Stanley when it comes to the Ten Commandments? Well, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who do you serve? And I'm really hoping, I doubt he'll ever hear this message, because, you know, why is he going to listen to some Messianic rabbi who doesn't know anything because we follow the Torah and keep the commandments and love Yeshua? Why would he ever listen to us? Why would he listen to someone else? Because he thinks that the commandments are so, and put so much people in bondage that there's no way that they could come to know the Lord because of that bondage. So we just have to set them free of the commandments. They can do whatever you want. How does that sound? You can steal. You can commit adultery. You can murder. You can worship other gods. It's okay. But is that what God said? You know, it's so important. This week, I didn't even realize when uh, we were doing this <laughs> that uh, the, the, the 10 a.m. class was going to be right along with this one. They fall right together with it. And, and, and that's what's so interesting, how God brings it all together is we're sitting here and we're ready. Cheryl said that the Lord had put this message on you weeks ago to do, months ago, and she'd been holding it back until this week. And it all falls together. And I really hope Andy hears this message because he needs to hear it. Because you know what? He's a false teacher in my mind. And I know people, you know, everyone's been, oh, tipping, towing around him because he's the Gandhi Stanley. I don't care who he is. He's not quoting the word of God and there's a problem. And you know what? We're going to read what God's word says about this. It's such perfect time. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of uh, Exodus chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 3. We're going to read all the way through 19 and then we're going to end at verse 21 of chapter 20. Now, where are we in the, in, the, in the body? The Israelites have left Egypt, right? They're in the wilderness, and who is with them? The righteous Gentiles, right? So this, this is a group made up of Jew and Gentile, people from the nations. That's what that word means, right? And they're all following God. You will notice that God includes everyone, right? He doesn't exclude the Gentiles, so what he's saying here goes for everybody. So we need to keep that in mind, because if you believe what Andy's saying, and you know, here's the interesting thing is, he, he says this because he thinks that by saying those things that it's going to keep people, it, it's too hard for people to come to the Lord. 
But he doesn't care about Jews then, I guess. You know what? I came to know the Lord without reading the New Testament. Because everything that we need to know about our Messiah is found in the Torah. Everything in the New Testament just what? Proves what was promised in the Old Testament. So how can he say we don't need it? I guess my salvation doesn't matter to him. See, he's trying to be, you know, the scripture is very clear. Will everybody be saved? No. Only those called by God. And so what we see here is an understanding of what God is wanting us to do. in this scripture, just, it, it, it hits to the heart. Verse 3. Moses went up to God, and Adonai called him from the mountain, saying, Say, say this to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, right? In other words, everyone involved. Not only the Israelites, but everyone, right? You have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. So what was the purpose of what God did in Egypt? He's, his, the whole purpose is, is to bring him a people made up of nations, right? To what? Worship him. He wants us to come and be a part of him. So he has separated us out. He could have chosen the Egyptians, right? He could have chosen any other group, but he chose us. We were willing to follow him and do what he says. Now then, if you listen closely to my voice and what? Keep my covenant. Then you will be my own treasure from all people, from among all people, for all the earth is what? Mine. So why do we need to listen to him and to keep his commandments? It's so that we can be separated from the world. He is choosing us to follow him to show the rest of the world he is God. That's why he did the uh, plagues against Pharaoh, right? To show them that he is God over all their false gods. So as for you... You will be to me a what? Kingdom of Kohim, a priest and a holy nation. These are the words you, which you are to speak to Ben Israel. So Moses went and called the elders of the people and put before them all these words that Adonai had commanded him. Next. All the people answered together and said... Everything that Adonai has spoken, what? We will do. Then Moses reported the words of the people to Adonai. So what did we as a people make a promise to God? That we're going to obey him. Whatever words he tells us to do, we are going to do. He's setting us apart from the world. See, the world thinks it's okay to commit adultery, right? It's okay to steal and lie, right? Those things are okay in the world to do, but not in God's world, not in God's promise, in his body. Adonai said to Moses, I am about to come to you in a thick cloud so the people will hear when I speak with you and believe you for what? What does that word forever mean? Forever, not just a long time. Forever, right? 
So even our generation, not just the generation there, but all generations will believe him. Why? Because the people then heard the word of God himself speak. Then, whoops, I wasn't done. Then Moses told, told the words of the people to Adonai. Adonai said to Moses, Go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothing. Be ready for the third day. For upon the third day, Adonai will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Why three days? Does that sound familiar? What is Yeshua going to do? He's going to die and he's going to what? After three days, come back down and to be in the presence of him again. Right? We see what, what God did at Mount Sinai. Yeshua did at his death and resurrection. Right? To be with us. To fellowship with us. So God is telling them that we're coming together and to be ready. Right? They're to, they're to wash. Why do they have to wash their clothes? Because we're going before the Lord, right? We need to be cleansed. We need to be pure of heart. Read what else he says. Let's continue. You are to set boundaries for the people all around, saying, Be very careful not to go up upon the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain will what? Surely be put to death. So what are we not supposed to do? Touch the mountain, right? Now, there's a reason why God said that, right? Because what does he know about these people? You leave them alone for a couple of hours, they start building a golden calf, right? They go back to their old ways. But that's not what happens this time. See, they've learned. We see how they've learned because they listen and obey. Not a hand is to touch it, but he will surely be stoned or shot through, whether it is an animal or a man, it will not live. When the shofar sounds, they may come up to the mountain. Then Moses went down from the mountain to the people, consecrated them, and then they washed their clothing. He said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not draw near your wives. Why can't we draw near our wives? See, again, what does he want us to do? Stay clean, right? No cuddling, guys. This is a time of being pure of heart and pure of mind. Focusing 100% on God is what he's telling them here. Be ready for what I'm about to tell you. In the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and the blast, uh, and, and the blast of an exceedingly loud shofar. Who's sounding this shofar? God. Remember, he took the sacrifice of Isaac, the rabbis tell us that he took the horns of that. He sounded the uh, left horn. When does he sound the right horn? On Yeshua's return, right? That's why all shofars are left horned. Only God can sound the right horn. Was I done? I didn't think so. 
All the people in the camp did what? Trembled. Think about when you hear that shofar blast. Kind of puts a little shiver in your spine, right? Can you imagine when God does it? You're definitely going to pay attention, aren't you? Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the lowest part of the mountain. Now the entire, now the entire Mount Sinai was in smoke because Adonai had descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like, I'm sorry, the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked, quaked greatly. Then the shofar, then the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered with a tremendous, uh, with a thunderous sound. Then Adonai came down on Mount, onto Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. Adonai called Moses to the top of the mountain, so Moses went up. Then Adonai said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to see Adonai, and many of them die. What did God just do? He brought Moses up to do what? Tell him to go back down there. And then tell the people, make sure you don't try this. Right? It's that God, you know, he likes to repeat things several times to make sure you get his point across. Right? God does not want them to come up to the mountain. Why? Because if they try to get into his presence, they'll die, right? Verse 22. Next verse. There we go. Even the Kohim, even the priests who come near to Adonai must consecrate themselves so that Adonai does not break out against them. Moses said to Adonai, The people cannot come up to the mountain, for you are the one who warned us, saying, Set boundaries around the mountain and consecrate it. Moses is reminding him that the people are now listening and obeying him to him. They're following what he says. Right? So, did God, is God going to tell us in the, year 2019 that we no longer need his word that we can go do whatever we want and if you have a mega church that people will believe you and say yeah that's okay what happens when he has sin in his life oh I guess that's okay right we're going to find out what, what else is said then Adonai said to him go down you are to come back up you and Aaron with you, but do not let the Kohim and the people break through to come up to, to Adonai, or he will break out against them. How many times has he now warned us? Three times. That's significant, right? When God says something three times, he's, you better make sure you follow it, right? God is not a politician. He tells you like it is. Right? He doesn't tell you like he want, what he want, they want you to hear, right? And then tell the next person who believes opposite what they want you to hear. God tells it like it is. Then, so Moses went down to the people and told them. Next verse. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of what? Bondage. What, is, what was the bondage in Egypt? Sin. Right? 
they were worshiping other gods. They were in sin. Our bondage is sin. God brought us out of that house of sin to be a free people in Him. You shall have what? No other gods before me. Do not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on earth, the earth below or in the waters of the earth, under the earth. Do not bow down to them. Do not let anyone make you serve them. For I, Adonai, your God, am a jealous God, bringing the iniquity of the Father upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who, what? Hate me. See, I'm not wor only worried about Andy Stanley. I'm worried about his generation behind him. You know, the, if you look at what happened to his dad, you're seeing what happened to others, right? In the Baptist community, he went against their rules. You don't divorce, right? I'm not saying he had a right reason or a wrong reason on this, but you see what happens generation after generation. You need to break those curses because if not, they will carry it forward, right? But showing loving kindness to the to the thousands of generations of those who what? Love me and keep my misvotes, keep my commandments. So by us keeping God's commandments, what do we get? God's blessing. But what do our generations after us get? Generation after generation receives God's blessing. Who wants to bless your future generations? Real easy. Obey God, right? Obey the commandments. Not so hard to do. You must not take the name of Adonai your God in vain, for Adonai will hold him guiltless that takes will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to what? Keep it holy. You're about to notice something here. This is the longest of all the commandments. God gets very specific on this one. Why is that important? What is God telling us? Let's listen. You are to work six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to Adonai your God. In it you shall not do what? Any work. Not you, not your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, nor the outsider that is within your gates. How much clearer does God have to be? This is a day of rest in Him. Don't mess with it. Rest in Him, right? He's telling us very clearly. For in six days Adonai made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Thus Adonai blessed the Sabbath day and what? Made it holy. If God made it holy, how can Andy Stanley make it unholy? How can we go against God's word? How can we say it's not important? All that matters, it's, it's not all about grace, is it? Because why do we need grace? We need grace because we've sinned. If you don't have the law, you can't sin, right? How many of you have ever been pulled over by a police officer? 
It's not fun, right? What's the first question they ask you? Did you know what you did? How many of you ever said, no, officer, I do not know what I did? Because he will certainly tell you what you did, right? He will have no problem quoting you the verse, the chapter, the, the, everything, right? Section 1, Article 12, verse 12, you know, subcategory 2, right? He's going to tell you exactly what law you broke. But can't you just say to him, but I have grace. He says, you also have a ticket and a fine, right? Grace does not mean you can go ahead and sin, Grace means when we're stupid and we mess up that God will still love us and still accept us and still forgive us. But it's not a free pass. It's not a go do whatever you want, but as long as you say I as long as you have a bumper sticker on your car that says I love Jesus, you're going to heaven. That ain't gonna cover it. And God's making it very clear here. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long among the land which God Adonai is giving you today. Right? You notice right after that he reminds us parents, do not murder. <laughs> right? The kids act up, that's it, you're out of here, right? God said it before. We got it. That's why he put it right after it. I checked with God. He said, that's the reason. Right? We got to understand. Next one. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor or against God. Don't tell people that God doesn't care what you do. God does care what we do. That's why he's giving us these so that we do stand out. That we're not like our neighbor. And that our neighbor will see us and want to be like us. Because we're not of the world. And that's so important to realize why God has called us out from every tribe, tongue, and nation. He's brought us together to show the world that we, you know what, we all can get along, can't we? This congregation is a great example of that. We have people from every... We all get along. We don't have fights. We don't think down upon people or think up upon people. We all get along. It's, it's, why? Because we're all God's people. It doesn't matter where we came from, the color of our skin. Under, you take that all off and guess what? We all look alike. We're muscles and bones, right? And God has called us together to be just that, to show the world that it can happen. One of my closest friends is Tad Saeed. He's a Palestinian who used to kill my people. Right? But God has called us as brothers in, in, in Messiah. And I see the love that he has now for, for not only God, but for the children of Israel. And that's what we have to realize is God is bringing us together. By setting us apart. That's the key to God's plan. Let's continue to read. Do not covet your neighbor's house, your, your neighbor's wife, his maidservant or ma manservant or maidservant, his ox, 
his donkey, or anything that is, uh, that is your neighbor's. In other words, or his Mercedes or BMW, right? That's our oxen donkey of the, of the modern era. We can't be, you know, take that into it. All the people witnessed the thunderous, the thunder and the lightning and the sound of the shofar and the mountain smoke. When the people saw it, they what? Trembled and stood afar off. They were, they, you know what they did? Lord, we're not even going to go near what's going on, right? They had such a fear of God in them that they were ready to listen, right? So they said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, or what? We will die. He scared the bejesus out of them. <laughs> Plain and simple. They heard it and they said, enough, <laughs> we believe. <laughs> we'll listen to you now, Moses. No questions asked. Because they realized he was speaking for God. And we see the importance of this. Verse 20. So Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come to what? Test you, so that his fear may be in you, so that what? You do not sin. Andy Stanley needs to have the fear of God back into him. See, there's a problem, I'm going to tell you, as being a pastor or a rabbi, we can get egotistic. We can put ourselves on a throne. Right? I always warn you, if I start doing that, you have my permission to come slap me. Because that's not what we're supposed to do. doesn't matter how big or small your congregation is, God is first. And Yeshua is proclaimed. And if it's not, you're in the wrong place. And you know what? The people in Andy's congregation need to stop being there as a social place to be and go and really learn the Word of God. Because there's going to be a day when Andy has to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I've saved many in your name. And he says, be gone, I do not know who you are. See, we can't just make up how we want to save people. God gives us the plan. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. See, I have not come to abolish the Torah of the prophets. I have not come to abolish but to fulfill those who keep my commandments. When Yeshua said this, was he, quote, Messiah? Had he died and risen again? Not yet. So he was, he was Messiah. We know that, but right? But he wasn't taking on that role. So he didn't, what was his commandments? The Torah, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeshua is the living Word, right? See, I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. People take that word wrong. It means to bring to perfection. And then when you read it in context, it makes no sense to say, oh, God's abolished the law. That's what Andy would say, right? Until you read the next verse. Bring them up. Can you bring those up? Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Sorry about that. 
Matthew 5, 17 through 19. You can open your Bibles. You should memorize this verse. I don't need it. I could do it right now without it. And I might have to. He is working diligently back there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. It's almost there. I can feel it. It's coming up on the screen. What? He can't spell my... That's two T's. Two T. It messes me up, man. Come on. M-A-T-T-H-E-W. Do we have it up? There you go. Ready? Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish but to fulfill them. If you stop right there, you have no idea what God's about to say next, right? What's he say next? For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by no means what? Disappear from the law. Until everything is accomplished. Is heaven and earth still alive today? Will it be in the future? No. He's going to come and make a new heaven and a new earth, right? But until that happens, this word is 100% valid. He has not come to destroy it, right? Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commandments and teaches others accordingly will be called what? Least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commandments will be called what? Great in the kingdom of heaven. Here's my good news. In heaven, Andy Stanley's not going to be a mega preacher, but I will be. And that kingdom's for forever. That's what that verse tells me right there. If you teach others to obey his commandments and do it, guess what? You're going to get blessed. This is from Yeshua, from the, no offense, from the horse's mouth, right? You can't get any clearer than this, Andy. And he's saying this, and this is in the New Testament, right? He's telling us. Paul would say what? I eagerly desire to return to Jerusalem before Passover. If he was against Pass, if he was against it and telling them to no longer keep the commandments, why would he want to get back there? And why, when challenged in the book of Acts about keeping the commandments, not only did it cost him dearly financially, he had to go and pay for three others to go have the um, the uh, Nazarite vow taken. Everything that the Word of God points us is that the commandments are true. Why would Yeshua Himself in Matthew tell us, pray that I do not return in winter or when? On Shabbat. Why does that matter? Because if it's on Shabbat, you can only do a Sabbath walk. You're not going to survive, right? But if, the, if it doesn't matter anymore, then why did Yeshua say it? And here's the sad thing. The man has a degree in religion, I think. If not, all he has to do is read the Word of God. Who do you serve? That's the question. That's what Moses asked the people after they heard God speak. Who do you serve? Man or God? 
And his response was simple. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the stance we need to take. And when people, I don't care how big of a church you are, you know what? You can be wrong. People need to take them down. They need to confront them. He needs to repent. Because if not, there's a lot of people that are following him. And unfortunately, they're following him and not God. And they're going to take him down. Because God's word is very clear. You don't want to go against God. You're going to lose. Period. We see that happen too many times. Andy has written a book. That makes him right, right? God wrote a bigger book. It's been the number one bestseller for a lot longer than his book will ever be. And he's going to get the truth out there. Read the Bible. The truth will set you free. Don't take man's word. If you think it's okay to commit adultery and steal and lie and murder, you're in the wrong congregation. Andy Stanley's congregation's down the road. Go to it. You can do whatever you want there. But for here, for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We're going to follow His commandments. Amen? Bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to Facebook this thing to everybody you know that goes to His congregation. Abba, Father, we just come before you right now. And Lord, we first put before this message a prayer for those that are teaching your word wrong, falsely, that they will come to understand the truth and repent and turn back to you so that those that are, are following them will be saved. Lord, we ask that they see, seek your forgiveness and see the truth of your word. And Lord, remind us who are believers that no weapon formed against us will prosper. They may try to attack us and tell us we're wrong, but we know we're right. Because we're following you, Lord. Go before us now, Lord, and proclaim the victory. Lord, let them see their false ways. Open their eyes to the truth. And let them follow you. And Lord, I pray right now, anyone here in the congregation, anyone watching online, if they don't yet know your son Yeshua, who brought your word to us to bring it to its perfection, Lord, we want to give them an opportunity right now. If you're watching online, you see the information there on the screen. You can contact us wherever you are around the world. And we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. Just contact us and we will contact you. But if you're here right now in the congregation and you're ready to say yes to him, all you need to do is raise your hand and say a simple prayer. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? Then now the Father, as we come before you right now. Lord, thank you for giving us your commandments. Lord, we are going to listen and obey to them. 
Lord, let us not forget the least of them. And Lord, we thank you for setting us apart against the world to show the world that you are God. We ask this in your Son, Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen.